Hey, before we get started with the show, I just want to say a huge thank you to you guys from the bottom of my heart, because this really is about you, and that's that's what we're making this for. And this is available on iTunes and Spotify, I think. If you're on there, you have no reason not to listen to this now. So go check it out, subscribe or whatever. Yeah, and hey, what kind of music you've been listening to? Hello, you are listening to One Thing Led to Another, the only show where it's a full hour of Squarespace ads brought to you by Stamps.com. I would listen to that podcast, though. Okay. <laughs> well, Evan, tell me, why is it called One Thing Led to Another? Um, because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, that's a great answer. Let's go with that. We both worked at a camp, a place called Forest Springs in Wisconsin, and great place. I highly encourage you to go there, but it was just a phrase that we came up with. I don't remember how, actually. Um, it was. I told you it was my favorite uh, phrase because you can put anything on, on either end. Yeah, and then I totally overused it <laughs> in, the, in the wrong situations, too. So this podcast was kind of an idea that we had uh, during the summer uh, while we worked there together um, as a way to stay in touch after we left uh, and also just keep ourselves connected um, with people yeah. we worked with at camp. So yeah, cause so I, that's the idea. In all honesty, I would not keep up with probably you or any a lot of people just because it I don't know, it's just hard. You know, you come home and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, you know, Evan, I forgot about him. And then it's like, oh, I've got this to do. So mm-hmm. it's helpful to force yourself. <laughs> Not that I hate it, but, you know, it's yeah. So, yeah, it uh, to keep up relationship, uh, even in person, it takes energy and it takes commitment. Um, but then when you add like, you know, 16 hours of driving or whatever it is between us, then yeah it takes it takes more energy and so this kind of commitment where where we've decided to to stay in touch is a it's a cool thing is it 16 hours uh i know it's it's eight hours from me to camp and okay. i just kind of pulled 16 out of the do you, air do you go north or south uh like, do south. you go over to okay so you don't go like to the Mackinac bridge at all uh no I okay. I think it's about. I think it's ten hours if you go the UP way, but gotcha. it's eight if you go through Chicago. Oh. So I usually go through Chicago. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, so tell. Uh, where are you from? Well, first of all, what's um, your name? <laughs> uh, my name is Evan Langford. Um, I'm originally from Southwest Illinois. Uh, but now I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, which is super great. I've lived here for all of like four days now, um, and yeah. it's been a good time. Have you felt that Michigan has welcomed you? <laughs> Have they extended greetings of gratitude for you living in their state? Um, I feel like uh, uh, Grand Rapids is like half hipsters and half homeless people and i haven't experienced <laughs> an in-between wow uh, that's a bold statement it's like there. both it, both halves of my personality are 
uh, very well represented in this city. Yeah, so tune in next time for uh, uh, Saving Cedar Rapids with Evan. <laughs> why Why am I saving Cedar Rapids? What? What's in Cedar Rapids? That... Wait. <laughs> That's a town in Iowa. I'm, my bad. Cedar... Cedar Rapids is a town in Iowa. Where do you live? What town do you live in? Uh, Grand Rapids. Grand, Michigan. okay. My bad. Yeah, that's that's like a. I'm imagining that that town also has half hipsters and half homeless people, but. Uh, uh yeah, it does. It does have that. Okay. Cool. Um, anyway, yeah. and that's great. Okay, George, um, where where are you from, and who who are you as a person? It's a great question. I really don't know. Uh, my name is George Croker. I am f- originally from Kansas, but I live in Leroy, Minnesota, a tiny little town so close to Iowa you could shoot it with a BB gun, I think. Mm. Um, and you should try. Yeah, I I really should. I think the the height of the corn is in the field outside my window is uh, hindering my ability to do that so it's the corn's fault yeah (laughs) that's a good uh rule it's a good like blanket statement you can put out there for any any situation really 9-11 it's the corn's fault it's the corn's fault (laughs) (laughs) uh so evan what's in your fridge right now oh god um that's a dangerous question uh, there's actually not a lot in my fridge right now. Um, That's sad. <laughs> I think oh, I'm trying to remember. There's some like, uh, do you know what Gardeneri is? I do not. Um. So it's a. Uh, it's like olives and carrots, and, like different chopped up vegetables. Um put in like olive oil um and there's like peppers and it's it's kind of spicy and it's like a dressing okay Um, i have some gardenery in there um dr pepper uh there's a loaf of bread in our freezer um okay that's all i can remember (laughs) that's that's great sounds like a lit fridge Uh, what's in your fridge george um good question a lot of apple stuff we picked a bunch of apples the other day some guy was like hey i got an apple tree you want some apples and there was just like we got 300 of them and so we made a bunch of like pies and stuff and now our fridge is just kind of like overflowing with apples so dude solid yeah it's really good i actually figured out i was making i was like cooking some apples for some turnovers or something and i realized like this i took the syrup i strained the syrup like the apple s- sauce out of it and i used it and now i can make apple pie lattes so if you want one hit me up i'll ship it mm. Mm. that sounds really good actually it's been so warm here lately though that like it hasn't really felt the need but today it's like it's three o'clock and it's like in the 50s so it's about Ooh. time for that that's soup weather it is, yeah. <laughs> Thick uh, soup. Actually, at the the coffee shop I went to today, I had a, um, they call it a, a Nantucket sunrise. 
Oh, um, what's in that? At this coffee shop. So this coffee shop is a, a renovated bank from nice. like the 1900s. Like it's it's crazy cool in there. Um, it's a 24-hour coffee shop, whatever. Wow. So a Nantucket Sunrise is um, orange juice, vanilla, and milk um, blended with ice. So it's a smoothie. Okay. Um, and then they like blind the the inside of the cup with with pomegranate syrup. Um, wow. And it was very very good. So you were talking that about sounds... like drinks, and that's what it reminded me of. Wow. Okay, that sounds really good. I will I will have to come to Michigan just for the coffee, not for you. Just just for that. Just for that. <laughs> um, I should say that this is about. The third time that we've tried making this first episode, unironically, mm. because it's our somehow third first episode, it is. Um, I think because Evan inside is just a little old lady who doesn't understand technology. Fair enough. Yeah, I have the soul of a of a crazy cat lady named Agatha. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And she's knitting a sweater right now, so we should be fine. Ooh, okay. But the last. Two times we tried to do this um, in moving the file and trying to get it to George. I I lost. I lost both files, uh, two separate recordings. Uh, I lost both files, each probably about three or four times. Um, and then uh, in like redoing and like refinding the file or whatever, uh, my my computer decided that it didn't like them and like killed both of them, um, and so it's very very hard. So we have two episodes of just George, <laughs> literally, <laughs> one side like of a conversation. Yeah, I know. I played at <laughs> night to kind of like help me go to sleep. It's like, oh, that's my voice. Oh. That's, you know, that's and I, I respond to the questions that I ask <laughs> you. I just respond to it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, several multiple late night texts of like, George, it's gone. It's gone. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Because we would get done recording at like 11. 11. Yeah. And then I would sit there and try and get you the file for like, two hours and so it'd be like one in the morning and i just like i can't do this anymore yeah um i have a i have a dumb question for you okay um if you were in the witness protection program mm. uh what would be your new name and where would you go so in this scenario okay uh you've witnessed a mob boss uh oh. kill jerry seinfeld okay and you get to decide <laughs> okay. your name and where you go for the witness protection program go Ooh. uh well i'd probably answer that in reverse order i would love to live in either like maine or like somewhere like deep in the woods or like somewhere deep in the mountains of like colorado and i've always i would probably like i've loved the first name of like dashel for some reason, I don't know. Sounds okay. Kind of is mysterious. that because of uh, the Incredibles? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Um, I don't know about a last name. Probably something British. Hmm. But yeah, that's what I would. 
That'd be fun. What about you? You uh, there you, go. you, wit- um, you witnessed one Obama <sighs> kill another Obama. Oh God! And and the world couldn't handle it, and you were the only witness. I can't. I can't even imagine how bleak a world would be, in which Obamas are just killing each other. <laughs> how how far is humanity fallen? That's the future of democracy, right there. That's that's it. Um, I think uh, I would like to live. Uh, so I'm as, I'm assuming I'm being placed by the government. So they're yeah. purchasing me living uh, space and finding me a job. Um, seems pretty and, nice and, actually. And placing me, it seems great. I love this. That would uh, be quite a relief. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> hey, if I so commit the crime, I would like will to you go... give me the house? I don't think that's how the witness protection program works, George. Well, wh- how would you know? You've never been in it. How do you know? Or what? Oh no! <laughs> it explains so much. Um, I would like to go to Seattle. I think. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Because they they are purchasing my living and finding me a job. <laughs> so, um, I'm yeah. I'm down for making their jobs a little harder. Yeah, um, that would be amazing those cloudy days i think uh, perfect i think i need to go for something a little uh odd as far as a name i'm in seattle and you know so i think herschel (laughs) herschel would be a good one yeah or if i really wanted to sell it i could just go with agatha and and that would be my my party cat lady yes that's it's like a Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire situation. Oh, I, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of Herschel, have you? Uh, there's a show that came out a couple years ago. Um, through, um, so in in Utah, you know, there's like BYU, like the Mormon. Yeah. Like the Mormon College. They have like a cable channel, right? I don't know if you've ever. Yep. Yep. Um, BYU sh- TV. Yeah, they had a show come out. Um, so I, I'm not advocating Mormonism, but their, their TV shows are actually pretty decent. They had a, uh, like a drama come out a couple years ago. It's kind of based, it was like set in the fifties, sort of this like small town cold war stuff. It was called granite flats. I don't know if you heard of it. One of the main Mm, characters was named Herschel and like his character progression by the time the show ended, he was like my favorite character. Like he had like the best, he like came up with the, like the, the coolest words just, I don't know. It was great. So <laughs> I would there encourage you, you to Seems watch a good that. name. Yeah, it's perfect. I like how you tell like me, you know, you're assuring me I'm not advocating for Mormonism just because <laughs> I watch Mormon TV. I know. I have I've, to say I've, that just in case, just in case I grew up Nauvoo, Illinois. Um, Nauvoo. Sure. <laughs> is the the founding city of the mormon religion um so joseph smith came down from new york and to Nauvoo, illinois and started his homestead um for the mormon religion so the first temple was built there um that's where he lived that's where uh he got arrested and then they took him to the next town over and he got uh he got lynched and so all of that happened in that town 
And then Brigham Young took a bunch of the Mormons on their, like, great wagon train out to Utah. Um, and so I, I understand all about <laughs> Mormons. Now, I, my question is, could I get a Mormon mm. mug? Like, you, you're in the tourism, the Mormon tourism capital. I want a mug that just says Mormon on it. Um, you know, I really don't know if that's an option. Do they have a gift uh, I, shop, I th- like a T-shirt? Literally everywhere. I visited has gift shops. I visited where Joseph Smith died. You know, like mm. put that in the so scrapbook. I don't, I don't think you can do that. But there are a lot of there is a lot of like Mormon memorabilia that you can get. Can uh, I get the the book that he that he pulled the sacred text from? What was it called? The what? The remember the golden book that he had. When he from the from the angel that the angel gave to him, he was like had this golden book. That he oh, it was a from. plate. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was a plate, and it had like carvings on it. I know you can't get that. Oh, um, that'd be cool. I mean, from my from my worldview perspective, you can't get that because it never existed. But well, I'm agreeing with you. Neither I just here like nor to there. Have one to... I'd like to have one. <laughs> I think it would look that... great on my dresser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did we end up on this? Uh, I TV shows. Um, oh, the okay. name Herschel, I think, was oh. actually where. Wow, that was so long ago. Here we go. I've got a. I've got another conversation for you. So this is a. A, a movie question, um, okay. and I know that that you don't watch a lot of movies. Yes. Um. And and so I'm I'm keeping it pretty broad. I for watch you, but a, good, a fair amount of movies, just not all of them. Yes, um, just not all of them, or, not, or like not a wide selection. Yeah. So. It's, for me now that the temperature is dropping and I'm, you know. Getting into that fall season for me, this is horror movie season. Oh. Okay. Um so so I've I've already started my yearly tradition of uh perusing classic horror movies. So wow. Um, I watched uh The Conjuring just a couple nights ago. Um I watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil um like two two days ago. Um I watched It just the other night um, cuz I had actually never seen It before and okay. um and watch that movie and then like i've got a couple others for the next few weeks to to tide me over for halloween cuz i i really love halloween last year at halloween uh someone had i went running on a bike trail and there's a part where it crosses a highway and someone it was halloween someone had tied a single red balloon to one of the railings <laughs> on the highway and i was like that that's great that that's is some funny. thought Continue. Um, so the question is, uh, what's the scariest movie that you, George, have ever seen? Really, the, the scariest movie that I've seen, and it's not scary for the amount of like actual horror, but I uh, remember the movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. I think that I, movie. I watched that. Me and my dad watch it probably like once a year, just because he really likes it. I, it's a great movie, but mm. I think it scares me a lot to think like. 
could humanity get to a point where like that that's our end hope or whatever i don't know i i was just like yeah i understand that completely it's the corn's fault i brought it back corn's fault (laughs) i uh yeah i remember watching that movie and thinking you know the scariest thing about interstellar is is not the actual like space travel or like what they encounter as much as it is that that is the the last ditch attempt to save humanity um and how desperate like the people are that send them out and how their their kind of like reaction to that is like we can't go home until we find something else because there won't be a home to go back to yeah and that that was super super interesting to me so i i completely understand that answer yeah um one more little thing i think the and this didn't have anything to do with it do you remember the tv show the last ship um so it's it's a it's a story about this like uh army there it's like this battleship they're up in the arctic it's a destroyer they're like studying something and like the world get the, gets this sickness and like almost everybody dies and so they have to stay in the arctic and they're kind of like the last like group of humanity it so that in itself wasn't scary but i remember the next day i was driving to a, a play practice and i was listening to the radio it was like npr or something and like the okay. ebola virus had just broken out <laughs> i could not tell you how freaked out i was i was like oh shoot we're all gonna die that's really funny it was it was so perfect the timing but <laughs> that that really scared me that's yeah what about you um well on a, i have a similar story to that one um i uh when i was younger uh have you ever seen the movie contagion uh no i, I might have heard the reference once or twice but Okay, so Contagion is is about um, essentially a killer disease breaks out and and starts killing people. Um, You know, humanity is racing to stop it. Um, And if I am not mistaken, I think that Contagion was actually based, the disease in Contagion was based off of the Ebola virus. Okay, I was completely wrong about that. Um... (laughs) It's modeled off well, a combination of influenza and a virus called uh, Nipah, which causes inflammation of the brain and respiratory disease. Okay, I was completely wrong. Anyway, when this movie you. first came out, uh, my my mom really wanted to see it, uh, and she hadn't gotten to, but it, it had come out on, on DVD, and she wanted to rent the movie and watch it, um, and she decided to pick the time when all of us kids were sick with the flu. Um <laughs> And so we were all, like, just terribly sick, and, and she had us all come and watch oh. the movie with her. Um, and me, I was probably 12 or 13, something like that, and I, I was like, what is going on? I am so dead. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was my related story. Oh, um, man. The scariest movie I've seen. Hmm. Um. There are there are horror movies that I I really enjoy horror movies. Um, yeah. Uh, not a lot of people do, and not a lot of people can like, like be be in that 
mindset, but I, I really do like horror movies and um, have for a long time. Uh, just the, the idea of like using film to inspire like actual physical reaction, um, physical and like mental stimulus to an audience um, is super cool to me. And yeah. uh, for for me, that that goes into like a whole different form of like filmmaking. But uh, yeah, I, I really do enjoy horror movies. Um, I think the scariest. Hmm, there's a movie. It's one of my favorite. Uh, it's not exactly a horror movie, but it's a thriller uh, called Red Dragon. Um, okay. And it's a sequel movie to The Silence of the Lambs. Um, oh the movie the movie is about uh, uh a man has started killing people uh, an fbi agent is looking into the killings um and he has to go to dr hannibal lecter i don't know how much you know about the silence of the lambs um a whole lot so uh hannibal lecter was a, a psychiatrist um, yeah. very respected in his field um and then he was incarcerated because it turns out that he was uh luring his patients in murdering them and and eating them yep um so this this fbi agent had used dr lecter um as a consultant on a lot of cases and uh and then eventually was the one who arrested hannibal lecter um, but he needs his help again. So he goes to him in prison and, and they're consulting about about this case. Well, that movie, it's such an in-depth character study of like schizophrenia and um, so how someone can become so twisted to like do the things that the killer is doing in yeah. this in this film. Um, and it's so, so good. I love the movie. But the first time I watched it, I think I was eight. <laughs> um and i was terrified like i could not go anywhere dark alone for like yeah. a month like it was the worst and uh then i went back and watched it like years later and and loved it so that's probably the scariest movie experience that Man. i've had yeah okay george last question okay okay um and then we can move on. So you and I worked together at a Christian camp. Um, I know your your grandparents have been super involved in ministry and your parents are involved in ministry. Yeah. Um, and I, I am a professed Christian. Uh, yeah. And, and you are as well. So this, <laughs> yeah. this question I think is interesting. Uh, for for us from our worldview so okay the question is uh if there was irrefutable proof presented uh that god would did not exist uh what would that change about how you live your life hmm. that's that's a great question um first i would ask who 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 proved it or like what what what's the proof like is it a sci- scientific proof like a philosophical proof like what's the well i think the 
the point of the question is that it, it leaves no room for doubt. So, so okay. you can fill in that blank with whatever you want to, but, but there, yeah. there is no doubt. There is no God. I, I guess it would, the evidence would have to be pretty big to disprove all of the evidence there already is for God. Mm-hmm. Like, there would have to be a huge, huge discovery for there to be people that are, like, ruling out the even the possibility of a God. So I guess if it's something where just someone's like, hey, God isn't real, you know, it's kind of like, well... I don't like that's your opinion. Yeah, it's like right? well, we've we've been there before. Like we've yeah. lived that out for however long. I mean, um, we live in but, a society where God has been disproven. Um, I mean, in, 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 the, some in cases. the public eye, in the public eye, yeah. I think that that you would be right. Like mainstream um, postmodernism would say, yeah, uh, yes, God. God has been disproven. You know, we've ruled out that eventuality a long time ago. But but that is um, fundamentally a lie, yeah. um, and and not true. Uh, I think that operating within the parameters of this reality that we've set ourselves up with this question, um, you you have a starting point, which is you know. Proof has come out that that God does not exist. Ir- irrefutable proof, um, which to me says, you know, all other possibilities have been ruled out. Uh, but that, yeah. yeah, yeah. What about what about you? What would you do? Yeah. So I think uh, for for me, a big part of what what my faith means to me is it's not subjective. Yeah. Um, in a way like it's not just experience like um as far as like emotional spiritual experience um there are elements to to me but also based on evidence uh that was a huge part of like my gap here in learning you know what what does the world at large say um how can we believe what we believe or at least what we say we do if we don't have any evidence for it um, yeah. And so to me, that was a big part of my like coming of age, if you will, uh, into like a, a Christian faith that I would call my own was learning evidence and, and being able to base my faith around that. So to me, uh, then it's saying if there's irrefutable proof God doesn't exist, then then I'm saying, OK, there is no evidence. Um, so that that which I hold to 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 prove to myself in the world at large that what I believe is what I believe then um, then and that that's taken out of the equation um, at that point there's no point in in continuing to call myself a Christian because uh, if there's no truth in it then then why would I claim that label um, I I uh, commend you for your answer. I, I don't know that knowing myself, if I would have the same answer, I don't, I don't think that I would hold yeah. to, to, a, to a faith that, of a God I have no evidence for. Um, but I would, I would say that I would hold to the values that I, that I have in my faith because there's, there's nothing wrong with living a life that's, um, that's kind. Um, yeah. You know, a life that 
is beneficial to other people um even if you know god didn't tell me to um but but he did and and there are reasons for for every command that he gave me uh, or i believe he gave me and it's for the good of of many not just myself so i would continue to live i think in the same way um yeah but i don't know that that i would change much outside of just a label that's a tough question thank you that's it really is you've got me thinking now so now that we've uh thoroughly dampened (laughs) the the spirit of the conversation man i'm depressed now um okay so this next segment uh this will be our our third first time doing this segment um yeah i like to call it uh education of a homeschooler um i was homeschooled all the way through high school uh, so my entire life i was i was homeschooled and george uh you are currently homeschooled correct yeah i know i have the slight advantage of being public schooled through second grade so in that sense i am better than you is that an advantage <laughs> uh yes because i got the good school food before michelle obama came around Oof, that was some good eating i will tell you here's the thing though home cooked food your entire life i think is better is better than public school food for right two years but the appreciation of home cooked food is gone (laughs) fair enough there there is no appreciation okay so i i have committed uh in this this relationship uh throughout (laughs) our podcasting um to to help educate george um in his his pop culture uh understanding um yeah and and the best way that that i think to do this uh the best way within the time constraints that we have we try to record once a week um that doesn't always happen well it Um, hasn't happened because you keep losing the audio okay okay i'm doing my best george so (laughs) just thanks very much you're welcome that's really nice that's really nice anything for Um, you so (laughs) so i i've been assigning george movies to watch um and then on the next episode then then we will come back he will have best case scenario watched the movie yeah um and then worst case i'm just ad-libbing exactly and then we will discuss the movie uh what it meant to him what are some worldview aspects of the movie that he sees um yeah and then and then i will assign him another movie and and then we will go on uh i ruled out uh books and tv shows um other pop culture i could you know put music uh on on this uh but but movies are good because it fits in with like our schedules you and i are both pretty busy um so it gives you time to to maneuver that a little bit yeah i'm always procrastinating so what else am i going to do when i'm not doing (laughs) fair enough so i might i might put music in there but but i don't know yet um so for this this uh first third time uh, George, have you ever seen the movie V for Vendetta? Uh, no, I have not. But I remember the name just because I watched some Binging with Babish video about it. 
Mm, okay, so V for Vendetta is a movie um, set in kind of an, an alternate timeline okay. um, from our own. Uh, the movie is, is very good, and it has big worldview implications um, for, for the whole of the movie. And the next time, we can, we can talk about the movie and um, your kind of perspective on it. Um, okay. I, yeah, I would take notes if I were you, um, just because it right. is kind of dense and you really don't know what what's going on some of the yeah. time. So. Okay, I will do that. Yeah, so from the woodlands of Minnesota and those homeless alleys of Michigan. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. That's it. We'll see you next week. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been One Thing Led to Another. I'm George Croker, and please keep on listening to this because we love you. Bye.